Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Hey, so dirty. It's no wonder no one listens to your show, David. It's awful. It's awful. So much cursing and the Schwanz jokes. No one wants to hear that. Shaggy Green never needed to work blue. Neither do you. People will like you for you. Explicit Language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you decided to throw the Constitution into the shitter fire along with your campaign, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, October 21st, 2016, How to Keep an Idiot in Suspense edition of the show, where we discuss America's descent towards a banana republic. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Vaughn's Voters, making politicians more electable than they were before. Are you running for office and running behind? Reach out to Vaughn's Voters. We specialize in finding voters for you. Dead voters, duplicate voters, voters we just made up. All you need is a friendly polling monitor and just a few dollars and victory is yours. With offices in all 50 states, Vaughn will correct polling errors, diminish returns, and desperate last-minute run-ups to election day. The election isn't over until the last vote is counted. Make those votes keep on coming with Vaughn's Voters. Use the promo code RIG to check out and get a free 500 votes. Your running mate, Governor Pence, pledged on Sunday that he and you, his words, will absolutely accept the result of this election. Today, your daughter Ivanka said the same thing. I want to ask you here on the stage tonight, do you make the same commitment that you will absolutely, sir, that you will absolutely accept the result of this election? I will look at it at the time. I'm not looking at anything now. I'll look at it at the time. What I've seen, what I've seen is so bad. First of all, the media is so dishonest and so corrupt, and the pile-on is so amazing. The New York Times actually wrote an article about it that they don't even care. It's so dishonest, and they've poisoned the minds of the voters. But unfortunately for them, I think the voters are seeing through it. Are you saying you're not prepared now to commit to that principle? What I'm saying is that I will tell you at the time. I'll keep you in suspense. Well, okay? Chris, let me respond to that, because that's horrifying. The end is nigh! The last debate is done and we are 19 days from voting. We can see the light at the end of a long, long tunnel. Sadly for us, that light is the Santa Fe Express to Altoona, and it ain't stopping for nothing. Someone get a spatula and a squeegee to clean America off the tracks. The final debate took place Wednesday night in Las Vegas, a place known for vice, corruption, gangsterism, and even they wouldn't let Donald Trump open a casino there. Okay, that's what we in the prey trade call a lie. And lies aren't going to get you anywhere, my friend. So skip over the denials and the deceptions and let's get right down to it, shall we? See, in Trump world, that lie would just sit there for everyone to just deal with, whereas I will actually tell you, that's not even true. 
It just sounds really good, so I said it, just like Trump. Wednesday's debate was the most structured and directed of the series, and at times almost resembled an actual debate from a real election, instead of one politician running for the office and a shaved orangutan smearing feces on the walls of the country. I apologize to all the orangutans for that remark. You did nothing to deserve such a mean-spirit comparison. You should be sorry! You deserve to be locked up! Hmm, must be a Trump supporter. Moderator Chris Wallace did his best to ask questions that ought to be relevant to people seeking the office of president, but with only one person on the stage running for that office and the other apparently experiencing some sort of slow-moving psychotic break, he could only do so much. The debate proceeded along the lines of the previous two, with 30 minutes of relative sanity, followed by an hour of deranged non-sequiturs, rambling inner monologues, which somehow bubbled to the surface. Has no respect for this person. Well, that's because he'd rather have a puppet as president of no the United puppet, States. No puppet, no puppet. it's pretty clear. You're the puppet. It's pretty I have to give a hat tip to Trump here. Utilized in a time-honored debate tactic that stretches all the way back to ancient Greece when Demosthenes rose in the Athenian assembly to say to the Macedonians, I'm rubber, you're glue, what bounces off me sticks to you. He then went on to dig up some real old-school jams and an effort to apparently deliver some kind of zinger on Hillary. As will Donald's, assuming he can't figure out how to get out of it. Uh, but what we want to do is to replenish the Social Such a Security nasty Trust woman. Fund. Excuse me, Donald. That's President-elect Clinton, if you're nasty. Yet for most of us watchers, the defining moment of the debate came towards the end when Chris Wallace asked candidate Trump the question that, as far as I can tell, has never been asked in a presidential debate, except, of course, for the first one, and as far as I know, has never been needed to be asked in a presidential debate. Will you accept the will of the voters and the results of this election? Trump hemmed and hawed for a bit, uttered his usual verbal diarrhea about the election being rigged before replying, I'll keep you in suspense. This fucking thing. Oh my God, what the fuck is that, bro? Jay, what the fuck is that? Oh, allow me to explain what the fuck that is. You see, one of the most enduring symbols of American democracy is that whole peaceful transfer of power thing. We've had equally as divisive elections in our past. I mean, our... Th second election for president, third technically, still ranks as the most nasty, with Jefferson and Adams doing everything but nut-punching each other in the streets of Philadelphia. Jackson and Adams in 1828 was an interesting mirror of this election, with a lot of poor angry white dudes supporting a tyrannical little madman over a state and qualified politician. They won that one, by the way. And of course, in 1860, the election results were so incredibly problematic, we had to kill a few hundred thousand of our fellow citizens to get them to accept the results. Funny how it's the descendants of the loser of that little fracas that are propping up our current racist shitbag. Is that funny? You think it's funny? Well, not funny, haha, -ha, but kind of funny, peculiar. Accepting the whole Civil War thing, one side accepting the results of the election, even when they don't like it, that's kind of our thing. We did that. But wait, Dave, I hear you say. Actually, I don't hear you say anything because this is the podcast, and unless Gavin says something from the control booth in my headphones, I don't actually hear anything, not even me talking. 
Anyway, what I imagine you are saying right now, what about the 2000 election? Didn't Al Gore contest that all the way to the Supreme Court? Well, my imaginary non-existent podcast questioner, you have that backward. If you turn to the relevant chapter in the What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast, Big Book of Actual American History, twenty nine ninety five on Amazon, use the promo code DUMBASS at checkout and save $5, you will note the relevant Supreme Court is actually titled Bush v. Gore, which means George W. Bush was the one who asked the court to interview on his behalf. I remember now the way it was. You see, down in America's dong, the vote count was close. Really close on election day of 2000. So close it triggered the state's automatic recount law. At the time, Gore was ahead in the national popular vote by half a million votes and leading the electoral college, but without a clear margin of victory. Bush had 246, Gore had 255, both were short of the 270 needed to win, and it all came down to Florida's 29 electoral votes. The first recount had Bush ahead by 527 votes out of six million ballots. And after some wrangling and weeks of bullshit, the state government, the Republican state government, moved to certify the election and end the recount. The governor at the time this was happening might be familiar to some of you, even those too young or disinterested in history to know him at the time. His name was Jeb Bush, the younger brother of George W. Bush. Now that ain't right. That's what a lot of people thought. And the Gore pa- campaign asked for a limited recount in sp- some very specific counties that they felt strongly were not counted correctly due to some very funky ballots designed apparently to confuse the old and the mentally infirm, otherwise known as, you know, Floridians. A state court agreed, the Bush team appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, where the issue was decided on strictly partisan lines with the justice voting to stop the recount and give the election to George W. Bush. In fact, appointed by yet, oh my God, another Bush? George Herbert Walker Bush, the candidate's daddy. Looks like somebody rigged this uh... election. Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Because if you're going to rig an election, that's how you do it. But you see, Al Gore accepted the Supreme Court ruling. A Supreme Court ruling which gone down in the annals of jurisprudence history as the most stunningly partisan hack job in American history and widely is widely regarded as delegitimizing the court and the Bush presidency. But Gore conceded the election after the ruling because that's what one does in the United States of America. And also, the other option was to go to the House, which was controlled by Republicans, and he would have lost anyway. For your information, by almost every metric used to count the ballots after the dust had settled, it did actually show Bush won Florida by a tiny margin, a few hundred votes, even using the most liberal, no pun intended, of vote-counting methods. The important thing, though, is once the votes were counted and the rulings were made, Al Gore did the right thing and accepted the results. He showed up at Bush's inauguration and graciously ate the big bowl of shit presented to him while watching a glad-handing, incompetent daddy's boy assuming an office he was eminently unqualified for and resulting in two decades-long wars and the largest economic crisis since the Great Depression. He couldn't have known that at the time, but, you know, he had to be thinking about that as the years rolled on by. By doing the right thing, Al Gore won history by losing the election and will be held forth in the same example as George Washington, which may not get your picture on the money, but you got to admit, 
it's a pretty nice place to be. What does this mean for a serial-groping failed businessman running a campaign based on his love for dictator and racial hatred? Orange. Mr. Orange. Well, this guy has been telling his legion of rabid, ill-informed followers for weeks, months really, that the system is rigged. He's telling them that Hillary Clinton is going to steal the election right out from in front of their electoral minority hands. His entire campaign is now predicated on the outright bullshit that a cabal of media elites, establishment politician, international bankers... Hello, Jews! And, of course, we cannot forget the giant glistening cherry on top of his shit Sunday. Blocks! He's called for his supporters to go into, quote, certain neighborhoods, unquote, to monitor the polls for election fraud. Yeah. Let's send angry white people into black neighborhoods to make sure that the black people are voting the right way. I'm sure that will go over well. I can't believe nobody has ever thought of that before. I'm sure the black community will take it philosophically as strangers pour into their polling places and question their right to cast their ballot as they see fit. Cracker, please! It would be one thing if it were just your run-of-the-mill Trump supporter who've only seen black people in passing or actually quite afraid of black people. But those people aren't stepping foot into an African-American neighborhood. No, the ones who would go are the sort of fellas who fly a Confederate flag on the back of their pickup truck despite having never actually been below the Mason-Dixon, and they have a lot of guns, and that makes them feel brave. No, those are the jagoff idiots who would be actually dumb enough to do something like this, and their views on minority voting are not exactly, um, ecumenical. These low-volted fucktards are highly likely to say and do some very foolish things in their attempt to unnig. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, unrig the election. The whole talk of rigged and stolen elections opens the doors to bigger problems than just voter intimidation during the balloting process. Unless the polls are wrong. Yes, I'm wrong, and I'm never wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, Nate Silver of 538.com. Thank you, Nate, for stopping by. Unless the polls are wrong, Trump is about to lose and lose really, really bigly. If Trump refuses to accept the results and his followers refuse to accept the election, we are left with a significant chunk of America who consider the outcome to be illegitimate. The last time we had something like this was the aforementioned fracas resulting in so many dead Americans, 1861 to 1865. And while I don't anticipate succession, since that went so poorly last time, what they are left is acts of patriotism. I feel like uh, Hillary needs to be taken out. Um, If she gets into government, I'll do everything in my power to take her out of power. Which, if I have to be a patriot, I will. What does that mean? Take it any way you want to take it. I mean, that sounds like a threat. You think a patriot is. Is that a physical threat? I don't know, is it? Put your hands together for Dan Bowman, ladies and gentlemen. Dan Bowman, patriot, who said letter to the Boston Globe, quote, I hope we can start a coup. She should be in prison or shot. We're going to have to have, we're going to have a revolution and take them out of office if that's what it takes. There's going to be a lot of bloodshed, unquote. I can only assume Mr. Bowman was forthcoming and cooperative with the nice people from the U.S. Secret Service and perhaps the FBI who most certainly visited him to discuss his views on the violent overthrow of the United States government.
Look, I'm not even saying that all or even most of Trump's supporters are total fucking idiots who believe that losing an election is a call to arms for the revolution. But the constant courting of exactly those kinds of people who've been readying themselves for the revolution for decades now is fomenting a kind of stupidity that gets people killed. Mostly those people who believe in revolution. These people exist and they are voting Trump and Trump is telling him this election is bullshit. And if he loses, it will be because liberals and minorities were the foot, shoulder, foot soldiers of an international conspiracy to topple the U.S. government and install a puppet regime dedicated to looting the republic and funneling the money into whatever the fuck they think it's going to be funneled toward. This is fucking ludicrous on so many levels because the people that would be in a cabal ball like this already have all the money they don't need to funnel it anywhere it's right there for them anytime they want it and what's pathetic is trump knows this he knows he isn't going to win and indeed is looking at an electoral ass kicking not seen since mcgovern although the margins won't be that big because this country is fucked up right now he knows it is impossible for an orchestrated plan to manipulate the national election to work because we don't have a national election we have 50 different elections occurring simultaneously and to rig them all would require millions of people acting in concert and that would be really hard to keep quiet. I mean, if you thought the thousands of people who needed to participate in 9-11 was hard, were hard to shut up, we're now talking about exponentially more of them that you would need to bribe, extort, or kill so they would be quiet. Who has that kind of time? Jesus, Hillary was only barely able to beat Bernie Sanders, and he was a cranky socialist from Vermont with a ridiculous idea way more amenable to the money elite than Donald Trump, who would actually be putting more money in their pockets than Hillary. This is all face-saving bullshit from a petty narcissist who can't stand to lose, so the game he isn't winning has to be rigged against him. Dude whines every single time he doesn't get to win. From the Emmys to the primaries to the skip bow game in the back of the campaign plane, the game is rigged against him, unless, of course, I happen to be winning. This is not the actions of an adult. This is the action of an angry child who grabs his toys and stomps off home when he lands on go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Not that that would matter because daddy would just give him the money and he would never have to pay it back. If this were a game, we could all just laugh and call him Donnie Baby Pants as he waddles off. But it's not a fucking game. It's an election and people's lives are at stake. I'm not talking about revolutions or uprisings or Civil War Part 2, Redneck Boogaloo, but the lives of people who were legitimately fucked up and a lot of them are supporting a J-list celebrity without the self-awareness to know or care about their lives and their legitimate struggles. They are applause lines and the reality show running in his broken brain. And these people who bless their hearts, most of them are scared, undereducated, and incapable of dealing with the world they were woefully unprepared to face by decades of deliberate neglect and intentional malfeasance on the behalf of the Republican Party to keep them poor, ignorant, and fearful because it made them vote the right way. They are 
dying. They're dying from poverty. They're dying from drugs. They're dying from despair. Their communities are gutted by globalism, which they all seem to think happened overnight, but has been going on for three, almost four decades. Hello, Reagan. The only people who might conceivably do something to help them and their children are portrayed as liberal interlopers who are for things like abortion, gay rights, and gun control. Oh, and we are, because the world moves forward and we move with it. But these poor fuckers are dying because they cannot, will not move with the world. And they latched on to some tangerine Christ who will stand before the grave of four decades of social and economic change and shout, Lester Earl, come forth and bring back jobs making products long since gone to cheaper labor markets because no one, no one wants to pay $1,000 for a color TV set or $600 for a microwave. They ain't coming back. All he has is his ego and the lie, and they believe the lie because it feels so much better than the truth. And they will turn their back on an election they wrongly perceive as stolen, dig deeper into their fictions, and turn their back on the people, the government, who could lift them up, or lift up their children at least, and make them ready for the world that we live in, rather than the world their grandparents lived. That is why Trump's rhetoric on rigged election and stolen greatness will cost lives, and why his campaign will live on as countless Americans buy the fallacy of stolen greatness and mourn for something that is cold and dead for decades. Some few may take up arms and make splashy but futile skid marks in the country's underwear, but most will turn away from this illegitimate election, refuse to take part in the fixing of their problems, and eventually die off forgotten and alone while the rest of the country moves into the future. And I'm not supporting Hillary Clinton because it helps me personally. It doesn't. Or as a stand against racism and fascism. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, I actually am standing with her because of that. But also because Trump would end up destroying these poor, benighted fools who bought into his bullshit. Like an old woman sending her pension check to the televangelist so he can buy a new Gulfstream jet, and then she eats dog food for the rest of the month. She and the Trump evangelicals all believe in heaven and a just and loving God. Unfortunately, what they got was an orange man and a bad weave who knew all the right words and all the right people to fear. But just like the TV preacher, when it all comes crashing down, it was the liberals' fault. It was my fault for not believing too, rather than their own misguided belief that something which once was will come back again and be better than ever. Finally, for God's sakes, All of you, go out and vote. I don't care if you live in a state like me, a state where the conclusion is foregone. It's so blue that you could elect the ghost of JFK or even his rotting corpse. Or if you live in a red state where obviously Trump is going to win, go out and cast your vote anyway because it is important that the national popular vote is won by a massive margin. It's the only thing that will allow that will arouse the last shred of reason in Trump evangelicals. We need to be able to point to millions of vote and say, that's rigged? Hey, you guys are crazy. I know some of you don't like Hillary. Fine. Vote against her in 2020. Vote against against her by choosing down-ballot Republicans. But vote for her. 
Not because we even need your vote now. We got this shit covered. But for you, because when your grandkids ask you someday, Grandperson, what did you do to stop the fascist in 2016? You don't want your answer to be, I voted for a libertarian who's shoveling shit in Louisiana. See, Don, you're not the only one who can quote Patton. That is it for our show this week. We want to thank you all for tuning in, turning on, and dropping out of a rigged podcast system with us. We all know that low ratings because the system is stacked against us and a secret cabal of Ira Glass-loving socialists are looting the listeners and funneling them all into the big networks like Panoply and Radiotopia. If you want to make podcasting mediocre again and strike a blow against the media elites like Mike Pesca or Jad Abumrad, rate and review this show on iTunes. It will help other listeners break their shackles of good content. Follow The Revolution on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast for the show name on Facebook. All of our coded messages are when we will strike or on SoundCloud at the show name and at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. We remind you that we will be going on hiatus after the election to weep softly and try to stop drinking so much from the stress. But when we return, our show will be new, different, and hopefully not mediocre anymore. If you want to help us, email us at whatthehellpodcast at gmail.com or call the listener line at 347-687-9601. We can play that on the air, by the way. For me, Dave Bledsoe, producer, make podcast mediocre again, Gavin, and all the other fictional people on this show, we want to say, down on the boulevard, they take Trump hard. They look at Hillary with such disregard. They know it can't be won the way the game is run, but they choose to say and wind up losing anyway. We'll see you all next week. Kings. Podcasts.